make you stay until three o'clock Monday through Friday. So there's that little caveat you gotta be aware of when. Yeah, if you're doing the. Uh, if you're out early one day, you get to go watch a movie or pay thirty bucks versus fourteen or whatever it is. Yeah, so that freaking thing. Okay. So I, I stayed there.
Roman. Today is Friday, June 15th, 2018. Thank you so much for listening. We are broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio here in San Francisco on Ohlone Land. And uh, thanks again for listening in. I've got a little bit of jet lag, so I may be a little bit slow with the show today. I'm going to take my time. We're going through some news. Un- uh, unfortunately, uh, I suppose it's a, it's a good thing to talk about what's happening. Not good, maybe but necessary. I was offline for almost a week and a half and that was great. It was a little bit upsetting to to come back and I guess one doesn't have to be online. However, it certainly can be helpful with connecting with others and communicating. And it was nice for a bit having some time away from social media. I appreciated that very much. <sighs> uh, it's important to, to take breaks if one is able to. 
open up the show with a few song requests. I put a message out a while ago, a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and so I'm still getting to all those songs. And I always appreciate hearing music I haven't heard before because there's so much out there, and that's important to remember. Maybe when I was younger, I feel like I was exposed to more music and heard new artists more often than I do now. So I really appreciate when folks recommend and suggest music. The first song was Shirley Bassey, and that the last one was Iggy Pop and the Stooges. And we're playing some more throughout the show. And that's great. I'm a little bit low on energy, I guess. Uh, I was in Cuba, which was pretty incredible. And maybe I'll talk a little bit about it. I also recognize that my experience, I was there for about eight days, is, you know, certainly limited in scope and experience. So uh, it was just really incredible and definitely puts things in perspective. And also being in a, in a country that has had, that the United States has had uh, animosity and aggression towards and seeing how they have pushed past that and how they are. And it, as again, it's how do you, how does one find the language to, communicate an experience of people. It just feels very limiting, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, and wanting to convey what I would like to convey as well as the language that I would use. And it was interesting there for sure in that the idea, of course, with you know with socialism and is that the folks have their basic needs met. So everyone there has a place to live. Everyone has basic food. Perhaps not, certainly not as many choices as we do have here. However, People get their basic needs met and education, higher education is free and healthcare is free too. And so, although on the surface it may seem like there may be less, certainly the water there needs to be, to be people buy bottled water or else you boil it and have to filter it to drink it. Um, so while there are certain things that certain comforts perhaps that one might have here, uh, seeing that folks have their basic needs met there. Not that folks don't have to work, certainly. It's just uh, here in the Bay Area in particular, knowing that in San Francisco alone, there's over a 1,000 people on the wait list to get to a shelter, and that homelessness is criminalized here, and folks oftentimes, if not being talked down to or attacked by people, they have... They're gone after by the police or the Department of Public Works who will take their tents and belongings. There have been the sweeps. So it's like a legalization of discrimination and harassment against unhoused folks. It's not just that the folks, people don't have access to housing, even though there are empty houses here and empty apartments. It's that the aggression on top of that, it just it's the humiliation and it's it's so disgusting. And so coming back into that, I think, was quite a bit. And also just recognizing how many folks I know who, people who are in debt. So whether it's due to education or health care and things that otherwise would be, could be covered. And so, yes, we have access to perhaps different products and services here. And at the same time, at what cost? One thing I did notice was that just a lot of folks 
spending time with their kids outside and having, there's a lot of public places, which was just so great. And one would think that what's so hard about having a public place, like parks and squares and people sitting outside and granted the weather is pretty warm there. So that makes it a little bit easier to spend time outside. However, there's so many public spaces and benches and certainly in San Francisco. And I think also in New York and other places I've been, there has been the decrease in public spaces and access to public spaces. And here I actually, as soon as I got off the plane, I was like, maybe I should just start keeping a list of things that make me angry. And there's a lot of things. And again, I understand that complaining about something doesn't necessarily make something better unless I'm out there actually trying to change it. I don't know how good vocalizing it is in terms of changing it. However, there's so many things that don't have to happen in terms of like TSA being super touchy grabby and the invasiveness of going through security and in, in Cuba, it was kind of the opposite. Like you go through a metal detector, but there wasn't this kind of, very intense, like the, the way the TSA and other law enforcement agencies here and folks in that position, because I really want to acknowledge that it's the way the system is set up. These are individuals who have a job and part of the job, unfortunately, says or almost in some ways encourages folks to dehumanize others or to take advantage of or to assert oneself in ways that don't make people feel good. And I also recognize I'm privileged in a lot of ways in terms of how I can move through security, if that. And it just feels very, like the default is to distrust people and to question people and how that's, and I think that's probably true in a lot of places though, where there's locks on doors and the idea, the default unfortunately, isn't to help one another, but it's to be afraid of one another. And I think that really escalates when people don't have enough to live on. There's plenty of resources and, and enough to go around. So I really liked the all the public spaces there. I thought it was incredible. Here in San Francisco, there's, again, the not only the, the decrease and the taking away, like there are benches, there used to be benches in the Castro, and then Scott Wiener, who was a supervisor, decided against them because folks were sitting on them, perhaps unhoused folks, and instead of making sure everyone could sleep there. They decided to remove them entirely. And there's a lot of all that also the, I forget the term for it. It's more of like the destructive architecture. There's another, another term for it where people will put up spikes for instance, or other pieces of metal or textures, textures, no materials that make it difficult for people to sit or sleep on a public space. And, there's another spot here in San Francisco that just makes me so sad that they had opened up as a public space over on DeBose, close to DeBose and Valencia around there. And they put gates up all around. So now no one can go in. And what happens when you keep on pushing people away? Where do, where do, where do they expect people to go? It's the, it's the cruelty of it. It's the not forward thinking of it. There are so many things. And I, I, I speak a little bit of Spanish, poquito, poco. And I did my best to speak as much Spanish as possible when I was there. And folks were, for the most part, when they brought up, they're glad to have, or they seemed very welcoming to Americans who were there, tourists, I guess, and very friendly. And they really liked Obama, and they did not like our current, the current person at the top. Ugh. And I did my best to you know, use the words I knew to describe it. And it's like, okay, tanto, which means dumb and uh cruel, cruel, egoista, uh, 
which, yeah, selfish. And those are a lot of the words that kind of come to mind. And it's so, I have difficulty, even in English, kind of coming with the, the terms to describe how it feels to, and it's to feel powerless in a way. And it felt very invigorating to be in a place where they were celebrating this, this revolution that happened almost, you know, around 60 years ago and murals that were around and, you know, socialism or death and what that means to really fight. And at the museum of the revolution went to a few different sites and museum of the revolution, they had a lot of different quotes. And there's one from Castro that I was looking for online so I could quote it, uh, exactly. Um, I could not find the exact quote. However, the messaging behind it was very much, uh, this is, you know, the revolution is not easy. If anything, it's more difficult. It makes things more difficult. And I think that's something to, to consider is that of course it's not going to be easy when you're fighting against imperialism. Um, but it is just to know that it happened and that it's possible was really reassuring to know that it's possible. (sighs) So I have a lot, lot to unpack figuratively, not, not uh, literally. I didn't really bring too much with me, but a lot to process and, and think about. And also just in terms of questioning one's behavior too, where I'm thinking about how many traits one like, who are we? I'm going to get probably philosophical here, but how many traits do we have or do I have? I can only speak for myself where that I either inherited or became patterns just from my own personal experiences based on identity, based on where I've lived, environment, where I've worked, where I've gone to school, people I've met, how many of those characteristics and personality traits and behaviors are in me now and will follow with me no matter where I go, where I want to be very conscious of who I am at all times, certainly and how I treat people. And at the same time, there's still anxiety and depression and fear. And I wonder how much of that is due to, you know, living here and that fear, oftentimes rational fear of lack of resources or lack of fear of safety or security, whatever that means. And that can mean different things to different people. And it, maybe that's even an illusion since we can never really there's always change. There's always going to be change and we're only here for a limited amount of time. So there's only so much we can do anyway. So I think about those perspectives and how I am in different situations and how I treat people. And of course, I certainly want to always treat people the best I can. However, not to make an excuse for any misbehavior thinking about going to let these sirens go by. How, for me, I think being raised in this country, how much is ingrained in us, no matter who we're raised by, or how much we try to avoid the media or politics or certain things. I feel like this culture really wants to enforce folks to be afraid of each other and to distrust. And it's really hard, for me anyway, not to kind of fall into that and to either overreact or to not speak up when I would like to or show up when I would like to even just to survive and one of the 
the sadder things. I was off Facebook for a while, which was really good for my mental health. I should probably do that more often. I've been wanting to get off it. I was off it for a while years ago, and then I was kind of come, pulled back in. And for artists and for a lot of folks, it's the way that we communicate for the time being. So I, I see that I feel like I have one foot in the door, one foot out of the door. It's great when I'm not on there. And I really appreciate being connected and seeing what people share on there for the most part. And at the same time, it also brings up negative feelings in me or feelings of either jealousy or fear or anger, especially with the news articles and helplessness where I see it and I feel like I powerlessness, like I can't do much about it. And so there was a gay bashing recently in San Francisco and a person posted photos and there was a reminder that a lot of this is, will be happening here pride as pride comes up that even in this city that's thought of as a liberal place in this liberal state uh there, you know there's a gay bashing this weekend so just reminding folks to you know to stay aware and it's so fucked up how it's it goes to this idea that if so much more energy could be put on convincing people not to hurt each other instead of convincing us how to stay safe it's it's so hard to hard to see so that was one thing ice is up to their fucking bullshit acting like gestapo and so now there's a they're saying that now some finally some reporters were allowed to see where there's 1500 children being held which is like an abandoned walmart store and I, my question is for folks who are in the military, like how do we, cause we certainly, especially after being in Cuba, it's like, okay, we need some, <laughs> we need some help here. Um, how I don't, and I'm perhaps ignorant around how military can work. I'm wondering if folks who are active or veterans, can we, can they help defend us against our current administration and what they're doing? Can they help? <sighs> And I feel like there's so many things. That's, so it's like, okay, so folks go in and they help liberate these children from this facility. And then where do they go? How do we find their parents? And it's like so much, I'm kind of at a loss for words and even how to, how do we as a society stop what's, first of all, stop what's happening, hold the folks who are doing it accountable. How do we do that? All the while, some people just don't refuse to acknowledge that it's a problem. Oh, goodness. Again, I'm a bit at a loss for ideas. And I get that it's also, we can do it on a micro level. We do things locally. We also, San Francisco elected a new mayor. So London Breed has been elected. And there was a lot of, definitely more conservative in terms of housing policies, certainly. Um, she was a guest on Val's show, Global Val's show, a few weeks ago, and so I do appreciate that. She came in and has been in San Francisco her entire life, and we'll see where it goes. And a lot of folks are very critical and considering other things that can be do, can be done in addition to voting, because once you vote, as long as you, it's it doesn't stop there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm going to read a couple upcoming events that folks can participate in, and then we'll probably play some music. I have a street sheet here. Oh, also, there was a pretty awesome protest event that happened two Saturdays ago in Oakland. It was a rally in support of sex workers, and it was pretty awesome. Folks took to the streets. I saw a lot of great signs. 
some painting artwork. It was pretty awesome. There were some great speakers as well. And that was pretty awesome. So I also wanted to note that. And that's actually where I picked up the street sheet. And the edition in particular is about support for sex workers. And I'll be reading a little bit from that um, a little bit later on in the show. Lots of different folks have contributed to that. First of all, I know it's not exactly, I have an issue with marketing and trying to, but I'll, I'll do my best to support the show. Also for folks to support the station, I'm going to bring this up right now. So if you're listening, folks, if you're listening and happen to have a couple bucks, $1, $2, $10, $20, I don't know how much, maybe you're doing well. According to how people, what people talk about on Facebook, I think some folks are doing well with your disposable income. So how about support? artistic institutions that really need it, like Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio has been around for quite a while. We have a lot of shows here. A lot of different voices are here. It's a pretty incredible place, especially now. There's fewer and fewer spaces where folks can perform and do their art and speak their truths. And this is one of the few places, especially in San Francisco, that's left for folks can do that. However, we run strictly on community dues. It's a collectively run um, station. A big shout out to Pam Benjamin for doing so much to keep the station afloat. However, we need your support. <sighs> we can't offer any NPR tote bags. However, we can offer your un like our undying love and gratitude. It it means a lot to have a place to to speak the truth. And as sad as I might sound on this show, it has done wonders in terms of being able to bring in voices here and learn a lot and have conversations and to recognize that there are, there are positive things that are still happening in the world. So if you would like to support Mutiny Radio, we have a summer fundraiser that's coming up in the summer, and you can also even donate now. Um, I've shared it on the Weekly Review webpage, which you can access at facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. And it's also on GoFundMe, and it's gofundme.com forward slash mutiny dash radio dash summer dash fundraiser dash 2018. And again, you can click directly on both my Facebook page, personal Facebook page, as well as the weekly review page, as well as if you go to mutinyradio.fm. We are trying to raise $3,000. We're almost halfway there. It's like Bon Jovi said. I really don't want to have to mention Bon Jovi, and it just happened when I speak off the top of my head. (laughs) Whatever makes you smile, I'll do my best. So we're at, so we need $1,570 to go to reach our $3,000 goal. And that's really small compared to other things. You know, folks on Indiegogo are trying to like raise money to build a contraption that isn't necessary and they can raise like 40 grand in a week. We were asking for such a small piece of that, just a tiny little bit, five, 10 bucks. If enough people do it, that's great. It keeps the, they stay, ah, blah. It keeps the station open and that means a lot. So please donate now. There's a button on there. You can share it on Facebook. I'm going to tweet it right now. Uh, I should probably log in first because I'm not on Twitter very often and I have issues with the platform itself. However, I also have issues with a lot of platforms. Um, just share it. Do it. Contribute a buck, two bucks, 10 bucks, 50 bucks. We're almost there. A little bit. A lot of people doing a little bit will add up. So please do it. I'm going to read the description. It's Mutiny Radio's six-year anniversary, and over those years, we have been a place that harbors free speech, diversity, creativity, and passion. With a legacy that includes over 150 present and past DJs, we have played no small part in creating a vibrant 
and thriving arts and politics culture in the Bay Area. Currently, we are reaching over 600,000 listeners a month. But keeping up with the rising cost of rent isn't easy. And since we don't live in a socialist country yet, <laughs> we have to pay rent. And since we are a pay-to-play model, all our only source of income is from our member dues, open mics, rentals, and fundraisers, which at the moment is only enough to keep the doors open. So it is essential that we call on our greater community to step up and help out if you can. The funds raised will go to paying the rent and bills and ensuring that we have a small cushion to rest on so the voices of the people continue via our podcast station. Any amount will go a long way and is greatly appreciated. Thank you. Viva La Mutiny Radio. And so please, I've shared this now, and please do share and contribute. We're almost there. We're almost halfway there. And a lot. Yeah, let's do this. Good, good, good things. Cool. Okay. So, speaking of which, not really speaking of which, I'm going to make a segue. I also feel like playing music, though. So, I'll do music, and then we'll do some more. This was another recommendation by uh, Brymir, B-R-Y-M-I-R, called Chasing the Skyline. We'll be back uh, after this.
welcome back. That was a pretty hard rocking song. I hadn't heard that before. That was very, uh, very rock and roll. That was Brimer with Chasing the Skyline. So big thank you. Uh, um, for the recommendation of that song. And one moment here while I find the name of the person who recommended that song so I can give you, that was Anu. So thank you, Anu, for recommending that song. That was pretty badass. If you're around the Bay Area right now and feel like doing something, um, how about go to City Hall? Right now, well, starting at from 1 p.m., so not right now. However, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m., you can check out City Hall. There is a speak out at the Mayor's Disability Council meeting, which is a public meeting about homelessness and housing struggles, mental, physical disabilities, interactions between the disabled and law enforcement. And the Mayor's Office on Disability will be reviewing the intersections of mental health, disability, homelessness, and law enforcement. And public comments are welcome. This is a rare and unique opportunity to share stories and experiences from our community. Homeless people are much more likely to be disabled than housed people, and yet are rarely included in policy decisions that affect us. Come speak truth to power, share your experiences with SFPD while in mental health crisis, and speak out about the impact of criminalization on people with physical and mental disabilities. There will be multiple opportunities to make public comments in front of a commission of fellow disabled people who will take our concerns seriously. So again, this is happening today, June 15th from 1 to 4 p.m. in City Hall in San Francisco, room 400. So thanks to the folks on Chalkboard, SF Chalkboard, for sharing that. And I'll share the um, I'll share the post on Facebook in a minute when I have a music break. Also speaking about protesting and showing up, if you'd like another opportunity to, there's always opportunities to show up because so many things are fucked. Um, I guess that's a pot. I mean, there's like so many, th- so many ways, so many ways to, to show up. So if you're the kind of person who's like, I want to get out there and be, be there and have my voice heard and, or, you know, folks who would, that's another thing too. Even if you can't go, maybe, you know, people who can, there's something happening on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, I'm going to read this email. Hey, beautiful community, the displacement crisis in our beloved Oakland and Bay Area affects all of us, whether directly or indirectly, and the organization this person works for, CRC, is in partnership with the Anti-Eviction Mapping Project, recently dived into data and worked with community groups to understand who is behind the financing of displacement in Oakland, and they have found 35 complicit banks, but one stood out for having financed most of Oakland's serially evicting landlords like Neil Sullivan and JDW, First Republic Bank. Boo. First Republic is known to be the banker of choice for the wealthy, the tech elite, etc. It's shocking to see these numbers and realize how many loans they have financed that have resulted in people losing their homes often people of color and multi-generational Oakland families. We're protesting in front of their headquarters, 101 Pine Street in San Francisco, one block from Embarcadero Bart, this Wednesday, June 20th at 10.30 a.m. They say it's nonviolent, no building takeover, family-friendly. Join us to hear from folks directly affected and people working on anti-displacement efforts and let the bank know how this is unacceptable. We're asking them to cease displacement financing and sign our anti-displacement code of conduct. 
please join and bring folks. It's right in, in the financial district. So if you work in the area, take a coffee break and come through. And the person also provides their email. I'm not going to read it on the air just because I don't have their consent to do so. However, if you'd like to show up at this event, please do. Again, at the First Republic Bank on Wednesday, June 20th. We have a call. Will it be Gail? Hello, Mutiny Radio. Hello there. Hi, Gail. Hey, hey, hey. Have you been telling uh, Anthony Medina that I'm looking for him? I did. I told Anthony, um, and he messaged me, and he will get in touch with you. What was that? I did speak with uh, Anthony. I messaged with him, and he will get in touch with you. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You know, do you want the mirror, the new mirror's phone number? Um, I... Um, okay. I just got through calling the office. I've been calling the office before she was there. Yeah. Her name is London Breed, of course. Yes. And I, I have business at their office where I mailed them stuff and they couldn't find it. Okay. And now I'm, I just talked to them a little bit before I just called you. Mm-hmm. And now I want two kids that the thing that in the mail that I find it more important she knows now, because now she's the mayor, uh-huh. and also to take care of the money, you know, to keep an eye on where the money's going that is being, because look, they throw millions and millions of dollars at the homeless situation, mm-hmm. and, and where is it going? They still got this situation. So let me think now. Mm. Well, a lot of the money that they have for the homeless budget actually goes towards, like, the cops and DPW. So it's what not actually that? the money that they have in the budget. It also goes towards policing and criminalizing homelessness. So it's not going directly to facilities that no, help well, people. No, I'm getting that because I know I'm not living in la-la land because I see digs come out in government. Like that guy who had the $31 million dining uh, room table for his office in Washington. Ooh. You know, Ben Carter, and and they had a rule, an intern or someone in the office who knew what was going on told whoever that you cannot spend more than $5,000, I guess, without approval for office furnishings or whatever. Yeah. And, and instead of being happy that the person told them, as I understand, the person got reprimanded and got hell for speaking up like that. Then they had Ben Carson up there on Capitol Hill, what they do when they ask people about things. And the final thing was, he said it was his wife's responsibility, as I understand. Huh. So London Breed, uh, you got a pin there? I'll give you the number. Um, I'll type it in right now. Go for it. It's 554. Uh-huh. Well, you know, 415. Okay. 554. Uh, 7630. Okay. Do you want the number of the FBI? Um, of San Francisco. The FBI of San Francisco. Um, oh, yes. I, I'm, I'm making friends there, too. You're making friends with the FBI? Well, the FBI. Oh, yes. Okay. That I wanna... is 415-553-7400. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, I call a lot of government offices because I feel that I'm reporting what I think is un-American activity. Oh. You know? Because, hey, I'm not, maybe they think I'm a nut job, but, you know, but I'm really, anyway, let me see now. Uh, let's see, let's see. Are we on the air? We are on the air, Gail. Well, I'm starting a new campaign. I thought about it yesterday. Okay. So, you know, because I've seen this thing where this guy who's a tele-evangelist oh. is trying to get his slot to give him $54 million. Ugh. 
so he can get this Ford Jet. Oh, yeah. Gross. So I'm thinking, look, if people want to send money to someone, they can send it to me. Right. You know, they can say, I'm, I'm always looking for free money. Sure, who is Years ago, I put a, a notice up on a supermarket and bulletin board or whatever, and I said, I'm looking for free money, and someone sent me a dollar. So what I'm thinking is, <laughs> hell, if people want to send $54 million now altogether, they buy this guy a jet, and there was another... If, if anyone wants to send free money, mm-hmm. you can send it to me, Gail, G-A-I-L. Okay. I'm going over the air. Now, let me give you where you can send it to. Okay. My P.O. box number. Okay, that's safe. Was it 720076? Uh-huh. That's P.O. box 720076, mm-hmm. San Francisco, California, 94172. San Francisco, California, okay. 94172. Now, anybody out there got money they want to just vest themselves of sure or they want to get rid of it and think of me as an alternative to sending 54 million dollars to someone to get a jet sure thing I'm, I'm not interested in getting the jet a yacht or a mansion right i'm just interested in money yeah and even if i have 54 million dollars more than likely i wouldn't buy a jet but i'm just saying for whatever reason people want to send money to that guy they can just as well send it to me right and that, should I give you my post office box again? Yes, I will. Oh. That's P.O. Box 720076, San Francisco, California, 94172. Cool. And there, now, that's free money for Gail. Free money for Gail. That's right. That's my new campaign, or <laughs> my kind of reconstituted, recycled campaign. Sure. But on the other thing is I'm advising everyone, I always make friends. Everyone called up London Bree and make it clear that you want her, because you can't do anything what happened in the past, what's True. going on with the money. Unless we but, get a time machine. But, uh, oh, yeah. But, you know, because I called the controller of this city years ago, the controllers of, you know, maybe in Sacramento, the controller or something in, well, I don't know. I've spoken, and I tried to get this across to them before. What is going on with the money? You know, well, it's, it's like the developers. they collect money, like the bridge toll. They're always saying they need more money to upkeep the bridge. You know, they get the money, and then they need more. And I'm saying, where the hell is it going? I mean, is there a leak somewhere, or is someone buying thirty-one thousand dollars dining room tables for their offices? Well, I'm sure a lot I of mean, money goes I don't want to deprive them and tell them to sit on a cardboard box. But come on, couldn't you buy a, a decent table for five thousand dollars? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, don't forget, free money for Gale. Free money for Gale. Okay. If that guy wants to get fifty-four million for his uh his jet, free and this is serious. Everyone who's listening, I'm interested in getting free money for me. Sure, I think we At all. At least I'm not going to get over there and try to dazzle you that I have some kind of a line to God. Right. Because maybe I don't know. The only thing I can figure out, people want to give this guy all these luxuries because they think maybe he has a line to God. Yeah. And by giving him money, some of the gold and sprinkles are going to come on them. Right. That's the only way I can figure out why people want to be sending money to this guy for a jet. Mm-hmm. Because they believe that he got some kind of a pipeline to God. Yeah. And by giving him money, it's going to help them 
get a good line in with God. I don't know. That's just my theory. That's just the only thing I can figure out. So forget all that. You just give all that money you want to give away, possibly to Gail. Okay. Free money for Gail. Free money for Gail. And every time well. you see Anthony Medina, <laughs> you keep telling them that Gail's... <laughs> it's a green thing. Okay. It, it, must I go into more details? No, I skip around. Period on that free money for Gail. Okay. And we'll go back to Anthony Medina. Okay. It's, it's a green thing. You know, everyone called to do mirror up and say, watch the money. Yeah. Everyone called the FBI up and tell them about what could be more un-American than shooting some guy in the back when they're running away. Right. I find it un-American. Well, I find it un-American on, on, on this particular subject I'm trying to get there, mm -hmm. on how they sign papers for a relative in my family to let them die, even though he said he wanted to live. Ooh. And I go to many, many public offices, mail and phone, yeah. and the things I get is, that's not what they do. That's not what they do. You know? And the other thing I get is, they had the paper, so it was legal to do that. Mm. And I say, hell, Nazi Germany had papers. Mm. You see what they did, but was that right? Mm. So maybe, maybe I don't know. It's like I know everything's not going to be perfect. But I'm just thinking, watch the money. Indeed. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Gail. Oh, yeah, thank you for giving you a headache. All right, bye. <laughs> bye, Gail. Um, yeah, let's support each other with our finances instead of folks who have already have more than they can. Thanks again to Gail for calling in. We're going to take another music break. And this was another request from Jenny. And this is one of my favorites, Kate Bush with Love and Anger. Stay tuned and we'll be back after this.
Matthew. How have you been? I didn't see you at JC's on Sunday. I didn't do breakfast. Yeah, still good the Time to get our stuff together. To that's we all a little bit more time. Everything out here. I mean, and, uh, we're just normal people. But that's what you we say to, to the council about keeping us open. Uh, we that we just need a little bit more time to keep it open so we can uh, try to find places to go or, or, or some, some help. We're trying to find places to go. A lot of us working. Where would you go at night if you didn't have this place to stay? Uh, I would probably sleep directly outside. Mm -hmm. Directly outside uh, on some cardboard and a blanket. If I didn't have a place to, to uh, go, or ride the bus all night, or the board all night, they don't want us to do that. And a lot of you work during the day. You said I work during the day. You work very hard during the day, and you want to go in and rest and lay down and somewhere. Can't afford to rent out here, no matter how much I make. Right? I can't afford no rent. So. But uh, they give us some more time that that'll help us out. Yeah. You know, try to get a car, or something, something like that. Okay. There's ways that we can get Having an emergency storm shelter for the homeless available evenings only during inclement weather is a temporary band-aid solution for the unhoused population on Berkeley's streets. Having a year-round drop-in center with showers, bathroom, storage, breakfast, and dinner, as well as a space for 90-plus overnight guests is creating something closer to really looking at the bigger picture and at least a start that will work. To plan to have the shelter at 9th Street and University closed down on the same day, that the new Pathways project is scheduled to open with a capacity to hold only 50 people in the Navigation Center for a term of only six months as the city attempts to find housing for them seems criminal. Why close the shelter? Why put close to 100 people back on the streets to shelter only 50 and only for six months? What is the logic in this scenario? If there is any, it escapes us. We say, save the shelter. If $100,000 was donated to make Pathways pretty with paint and plants, we are sure more money could be found to support a 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week shelter to relieve the crises we have today. We believe the local businesses and citizens would gladly donate more money or time to help resolve the situation facing our neighbors, the economic refugees of our city. So what can we do? We say, save the shelter. June 30th, Pathways opens with, with 50 beds for six months in hopes to find housing for all. June 30th, the storm shelter on 9th Street and University closes, putting close to 100 people back on the streets every night. Further, some who are employed in the shelter get put out of work. Dorothy Dayhouse did a fabulous job running the shelter, both during both according to the city of Berkeley and the 600-plus unique residents, over 60% of the estimate of those that are unhoused in Berkeley that got to spend an evening indoors rather than the cold, wet concrete huddled in doorways, shielded by boxes or garbage cans, living in what, to many, just looked like a dump with all their worldly possessions, 
or some formed communities of tents. Some camps even had solar panels providing electricity that refrigerated food, charged phones and wheelchairs, hauling their own trash, and having neighbors help to take it to the dump. Solution. A win-win solution. Let Dorothy Day House continue their work. They would finally end up with an address and an office they so rightly deserve. They could continue the breakfast they already serve and the dinners they were serving in the shelter daily. The city of Berkeley would no longer need to pay them to run the winter shelter at night. This portion would continue to be run on the same lottery system they use now, and the building could be used as a drop-in center during the daytime. A computer lab, TV, who knows what we could have there. I'm sure Dorothy Dayhouse would know. And the storage for the unhoused promised by city council could be placed either inside or outside the building, giving those that use them 24-7 access to their belongings. The city states that they will get them built, and we have the money to do that. And showers can be installed along with actual restrooms and even reasonably priced washers and dryers, bringing some revenue to the city. With a little work, we bet we could find donations for a lot of this, both labor and products, even if the city need find some money to cover cost and insurance, etc. It increases the property value of the building. Why shut the shelter? To find other tenants? Leave it empty? Pathways is a gamble costing more than $2.3 million. To do this plan is pennies in comparison, and it is a step in the right direction. Afraid the housed, afraid the housed don't approve? The petition was written to show you the public agrees with this or a similar proposal. We ask we ask that the shelter at 1925 9th Street remain open all year. It could be a win-win solution. Do not close a shelter at 1925 9th Street. Please do the right thing. So I'm reading this from a petition that folks can sign and share. And I've shared it now on the Facebook page. If you go to Facebook dot com forward slash weekly rev it's a change.org petition to sign your name you can also donate if you're able and the video the audio that i played earlier was interviews with a video of with interviews of folks outside that shelter so of course it makes sense that folks the more resources we can give to people the easier it will be for everyone and again i'm thinking back to to cuba and this idea that if people have their basic needs met how it's it's just the idea the more ugh, I mean, it seems like a common sense thing that the the ha, when people have their basic needs met, when they're when they are allowed, when they have places where they can stay, when they can access showers and bathrooms and places to leave their stuff, places to sleep, uh, places to eat, it seems like a duh kind of situation. <sighs> One would hope and think that perhaps as a society we could kind of move to make sure people are getting their basic needs met, and so. Again, if you'd like to share this, uh, get the word out to help keep this emergency storm shelter open all year, um, please, please do that. It takes very little time, less than a minute to even sign it and share it. Get the word out. The more folks that can support, the better it will be for everybody. And thanks to Lamisha for sending me this information so I could share it with you all. (sighs) Okay. Deep breath in, deep breath out. Oh, again, there's so much the show could go on for, it'd be like a 24 hour, 24 day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just talking about all these different things that folks can do to take action. There's a lot, there's a lot. And there's a lot of folks who are already doing this work. And uh, the least we can do is uh, share this information 
and there's a lot of diversity of tactics, right? If you have capital, you can contribute. If you have internet access, you share the word, you share information. If you are up for showing up to a protest, do that. There's a lot of different ways. And hopefully this podcast will provide you with ways that you can show up for folks and uh, society at large. And we all can do something. It might seem like a small thing, but even every action has a can can help. So that's something positive. Also, if you'd like to support the show, we have a, a Patreon account up. We are now able to cover the full cost of the dues of the, of the month. And I'm so grateful to all the folks, thanks to Ritual Cannabis, the first organization business type thing non, uh, for supporting the show. If you would also like to support anywhere from a dollar a month upwards, that would be so greatly appreciated. Go to patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. Uh, it means a lot to me to be able to be here to uh share what's happening and hopefully provide some information for folks and uplift people i know it's a news program so it's depressing and frustrating and sad and ang- it's ugh, it's ugh, ugh. it's i don't have words for it sometimes however as we can see there's a lot of good things happening and hopefully i know sometimes i feel numb and powerless and then when i see about other things that people are doing that organizing and ways to take action i feel a little bit less so so hopefully that that message is also out to you. And also, if you're not in the Bay Area, wherever you're at, there's a lot of folks doing a lot of incredible work. So whatever we can do to support the folks, we can show up in solidarity and all work together to make this world a little bit more equitable and less shitty. <sighs> okay. I feel like it's time for yet another music break. I know we just had one. However, I think it's time for another music break. I'm going to get some news ready for you all in a little bit. Uh, this is from another band called Hailstorm with I Am the Fire. Am I brave enough? Am I strong enough to follow the desire that burns from within? Push away my fear To stand where I'm afraid I am through with this Cause I am more than this I promise to myself Alone and no one else My flame is rising high
Wow. Thanks to Karen for that recommendation. That was Hailstorm, and the lead singer had a double guitar. I haven't seen one of those in a, in a long time. That was pretty cool. <sighs> Neato. Okay. Uh, when we were in Cuba, one of the people who was uh, in a car that... They, they were listening to Guns N' Roses, and it was really interesting to be driving through the city and to hear Guns N' Roses and in Havana and Don't Cry was one of the songs and Welcome to the Jungle and Patience and I I went through a glam metal phase which I'm not necessarily proud of but it was just who I was at the time when I was younger it's like oh these are really attractive men with long hair and that's pretty great anyway I was thinking about rock music and that's all I don't have anything else to add to that next up I'm going to talk about an event that's happening on Monday, 622. Oh, wait, 622 is a trans march. That's Friday. So uh, that's that'll be... Goodness, that's next week. Trans march is next week. Yay, great, awesome. I'll talk more about that next week. Initially, um, from Flying Over Walls, which is the Prisoner Solidarity Project, um, there's going to be a night of mail processing and data entry and birthday cards to our LGBTQ members in nearby NorCal prisons and long-term pen pal orientation. I highly recommend another way you can, you can be active. It's that there's a lot of folks who are incarcerated who should not be incarcerated. I would suggest that's probably most folks. And one thing you can do is you can write letters to folks, send them holiday cards. It, again, it's, it's a time commitment. If I know people are like, Oh, I, I, don't have the time. I can't make the time. Or it's so it's um, really meaningful work. Um, I've really enjoyed getting to know folks who are incarcerated just by writing letters and also sending. Even you color a postcard and you send that. And imagine how nice that is. Finding ways to connect with folks. <sighs> yeah, lots of okay. I'm gonna read the email. Dear Flying Over Walls community, join us for our monthly night of mail processing, data entry, birthday cards to our LGBTQ members in nearby NorCal prisons and long-term pen pal orientation. Letter writing is an important way to overcome the isolation intended by the prison industrial complex. This month, we will be honoring Juneteenth and the continued struggles for black liberation, queer and trans liberation, and the abolition of prisons and prison slavery, and writing to some of our black, queer, and trans members. So this is happening Monday, June June 18th from 6 to 8 p.m. in Farley's Cafe at Farley's Cafe, which is at 33 Grand Avenue in Oakland near 19th Street BART. It's wheelchair accessible, though outlets for laptops are on the second floor only. And they have a Facebook invite, um, which I can't link things over the air. Does that make sense? You know, when you're reading an email? Anyway, you get it. So Monday, June 18th, 6 to 8, Farley's Cafe, 33 Grand Avenue in Oakland. I'm sure also if you type in flying over walls uh, you can find the info online please join with or without a laptop there is work for everyone if you'd like we'll train you to respond to letters or to enter and update pen pal request forms in our database getting these forms into our database helps get our inside folks matched to pen pals so this is an essential part of our work and we have so much mail if you want to start a pen pal relationship, we will also have info on folks to send letters to, all the supplies and ways to get more involved in the mo- in the movement to abolish prisons. Beverages are available for purchase from the cafe. Please bring some dollars and change towards postage. If you can, oh, if you can. Any money raised beyond the cost of supplies will be used to support both local and national black and pink projects. While this space is open to the public, 
and not scent free. Please avoid wearing scented products in order to support folks with chemical sensitivities. And they also, yes, it's Pride season. We will be tabling at SF Trans March on Friday, June twenty second, from six from six from twelve to six p.m. Come find our booth and blanket area in Dolores Park and write some postcards to trans, black, and pink members. Plus, we have a fresh batch of t-shirts and tank tops available cool they also have a facebook invite event and if you'd like to volunteer please respond to the email and they are looking especially looking for folks to help break down around 6 p.m afterwards come support tgijp at el rio for busting out 13 party against the prison industrial complex and you can also subscribe to their black and pink newsletter and let me you go to, if you go to www.blackandpink.org, you can find the information there. And they say they are actively seeking new folks to get involved, to help grow our leadership circle in order to help make sure this work continues and email them if you want to get involved and they will make some time to connect. And prison visits are also ongoing. They'll be going to San Quentin on July 28th and plan on returning to Mule Creek as well as expanding our visitation program to other prisons in the future. Let us know if you'd like to be involved. Also, ah, California Coalition of Women Prisoners, CCWP, is currently working on a campaign to end the use of life without parole sentences as well as seeking as asking. Sometimes I misread. That happens on every episode. There's numerous words I just... Oh, I'm just going to read a totally different word that's not there. Okay. Let's start again. CCWP is currently working on a campaign to end the use of life without parole sentences as well as asking Governor Brown to commute all of the LWOP sentences to parole-eligible sentences. Get in touch with them to learn more. Last December, we helped ABO Comics release a Queer Prisoners Comics Anthology, all written and drawn by folks on the inside with profits going back inside. It's just a few bucks to grab one of your one for your pen pal and sliding scale for yourself. We have a long waiting list of incarcerated folks who would like to receive a copy, so if your budget allows a donation of five dollars and fifty cents, please help us get this amazing anthology in the hands of our loved ones behind bars. And you can go to http colon forward slash forward slash abo comics dot big cartel dot com forward slash product abo dash comics dash copy dash for dash a dash prisoner i'm gonna link to it because i'm sure reading it out loud is not as easy to find it so when we have our next music break i will share that on our facebook page i'm actually going to do it right now so if you go to facebook Dot com. I know Facebook's evil and we're using it. Uh, okay. Uh, forward slash weekly rev dot weekly rev. I post news articles there as well. So some of the information I'm sharing here and sometimes it's more easy and accessible uh, to find it online. So right now I have shared this so you can find ways to order the comics for yourself and or for folks who are incarcerated. Okay. Let's see. And one more. Our friends at TGIJP have mail mail night every tuesday this month from 4 to 8 p.m at 234 eddy street and they have more info if you on there's a facebook groups page for tji justice project mail night and it's a public group so you can join to get more info there as well so i'm going to join that group so i can get more info to share with you all cool lots to be done lots of ways to participate 
that's it's good to know. There's lots of options, whatever you have the energy and time for, and or if you know folks who are like, hey, I want to do something to help. I have the time and energy, lots of different ways to do so, and it's great. Good things can happen. I have a newspaper in my hands, an actual newspaper. Ooh, it's a street sheet. Folks can find it. Um, there's folks who sell it um, um, around in San Francisco, and you can also go online, streetsheet.org, and it's the it's the independent blah 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 blah. It's the independently published by the Coalition on Homelessness since 1989, and uh, minimum suggested donations two dollars. And the street sheets sold by homeless and low-income vendors who keep 100% of the proceeds. And vendors receive up to 75 papers per day for free. And street sheets reader-supported. Advertising is free and aims to lift up the voices of those living in poverty in San Francisco. So occasionally when I meet people, they say, oh, how do you get the, the information for the show? And occasionally I, there's, like inf- there's websites online or other folks I hear from, and I also really want to appreciate and share the news from independent folks and provide a platform as well. So this is one article from street sheet called pissed off. And this is the edition that came out, I believe in yes, June 1st, 2018. Um, it's called pissed off or armed left-wing immigrant trans woman says, so are you white liberals volunteering to be my personal bodyguard? And it's written by, I'm going to get some light in here so I can read a little bit more clearly. One moment. I want to make sure I read this person's name accurately. Dessa Bob Dog. Okay. Pissed off. And... Dessa says, as a sex worker who has carried a 38 special to great effect for personal protection, I want to thank all of you who want to disarm me while ignoring the police and military who continue to murder and oppress LGBTQ plus poor folks, people of color and people in the U.S. occupied nations so that I can enjoy getting assaulted some more. I want to thank all of you who focus on guns rather than the role that men play in our societies. I want to thank all of you who ignore toxic masculinity. I want to thank you, thank all of you who trust Trump over marginalized people like me who cannot rely on the police for protection. I can see you're still urging gun control with nary a mention of the police or military. Don't worry, I'm not even really too upset. Deaf ears are part and parcel to my situation. How foolish of me to think liberals, and most anarchists and leftists really, actually cared about the opinions, safety, and autonomy of trans sex worker of color, of a trans sex worker of color over the state-sponsored narrative that ensures their comfort. If disarmament happened from the top down, every nuke, every police officer, every soldier, every bomb, every right-wing militia member, every citizen, and the patriarchal culture of violence, toxic masculinity, and chauvinism were addressed and dealt with and discussed openly, honestly, and frankly, then we will have accomplished something. Obviously, a simple band-aid of gun ban is far less work, so we'll just go with that, apparently. Realize this. Neither the NRA and Trump's right-wing following want me to defend myself, nor do the liberal elites in their privileged, falsely progressive circles. White supremacy, whatever form it takes, will never tolerate armed people of color who defy and reject colonization. Cheers. 
So again, you can find that article and it's written, this piece is written by Dessa Bob Dog in Street Sheet, the June 1st edition, again, called Pissed Off or Armed Left-Wing Immigrant Trans Woman. So are you white liberals volunteering to be my personal bodyguard? And that's brings up a lot of really, I can't, well, I, I can't, it says it all right there. There's no point in me even commenting on it because I am like, yep, yes, and yes, and yes. And that's why I read it. Here's another one. Uh, how laws that claim to protect victims actually create poverty and violence. And this was written by Delara Yarbrough. Over the past five years, I've been interviewing unhoused people who sell or trade sex, as well as service providers and grassroots organizers to gather stories and strategies for fighting back against the criminalization of sex work, drug use, and homelessness. Laws outlawing sex work, drug use, and resting in public space are all part of the criminalization of poverty. Yet poor people's political organizations sometimes fall into the trap of respectability politics, silencing sex workers and others who do things deemed unacceptable by mainstream society. Now is the time for grassroots movements, for racial, gender, and economic justice to listen to sex workers and to act in solidarity. In a moment when politicians are using simplistic narratives about individual violence and victimization to criminalize vulnerable, vulnerable groups of people who sell or trade sex, this issue of the street sheet centers the stories and analyses, analyses, <laughs> analyses of people who have been without housing in San Francisco and have sold or traded sex to get by. Many people who experience housing deprivation sell or trade sex for a living. People who sell or trade sex are a diverse group, including people of all genders and races. People do sex work for the same reason that people do any other type of work, to earn enough money to meet their needs. For some people I interviewed, selling sex was a way out of exploitative minimum wage jobs. Compared to working long, unpredictable hours for low pay to enrich large corporations, sex work gave them more control over their schedules and working conditions. Jay, a cisgender man, started doing sex work to supplement his to supplement inadequate wages from his full-time job in food service. Unpredictable shifts and long hours led him to quit the food service job and start doing sex work full-time. After he started escorting, Jay was finally able to afford a single-room occupancy hotel room. Jess, a cisgender woman, says that sex work allowed her to pay for college and housing that she couldn't access otherwise. Online platforms allowed some sex workers to carefully screen clients for histories of past violence and develop caring relationships with regular clients. Income from sex work helped many people move from unstable into housing, from unstable into from unstable into stable housing. Jess considers sex work her chosen profession, a rewarding job that she enjoys more than any other work she's done. Others, like Anna, dislike doing sex work, but don't have other ways to make ends meet. Anna was kicked out of her family's home at a young age and, un and unable to get other jobs due to anti-transgender discrimination. Shelters weren't s safe or accessible. Oh, so, going to turn the page here. So she did sex work to keep a roof over her head. Anna has been profiled as a transgender woman and an immigrant and has been arrested and incarcerated multiple times for prostitution and has lost her housing as a result of being locked up. At protests to divest from incarceration and invest in housing, Anna chants the loudest because it's personal. Most of the money that has been spent in response to Anna's poverty has been to pay police to arrest her. Prison guard has been okay. Blah. Most of the money that has been spent in response to Anna's poverty has been 
has been to pay police to arrest her, prison guards to beat her, and private corporations to build and manage structures to confine her. Laws regulating homelessness, drug use, and the sex trade funnel resources into policing and prisons in the name of protecting the people most vulnerable to victimization. Ironically, the laws prohibiting prostitution and the enforcement of these laws fail to protect people in the sex trade. Instead, these laws make people in the sex trade even more vulnerable to poverty and violence. Unhoused people who work on the street are especially likely to be targeted for arrest and incarceration and have fewer protections against violence by police or clients. Criminalization of sex work allows police to harm unhoused sex workers. Too often, policymakers ignore the voices of communities that are most affected by their decisions. Advocates of a more punitive of more punitive policies use stories of violent traffickers and sex work clients, but ignore violence perpetrated by police. Yet sex workers have repeatedly called on lawmakers to address police violence. Police violence disproportionately targets poor people of color and queer and trans people who live or work in public space. A majority of the unhoused sex workers I spoke with had harmful encount- had had harmful encounters with police, from being ticketed or kicked awake when they were sleeping in public space to being threatened with arrest if they did not have sex with officers, sex workers constantly, consistently experience policing as a source of harm. Maria said, There are so many crooked cops out there. I have been harassed by them on some really shady levels. If I were to report them, it's like my word against theirs. And I'm like a drug addict street prostitute. So to them... And to them, I'm the lowest of the low. There's no way in hell that his whole that his whole life and his career is going to be taken away from him on my word. Instead of more police, the people I interviewed wanted access to safe and stable housing, food, and medical care. <sighs> yes. <sighs> safe, stable housing, food, and medical care. That reminds me of a place I just was. Access to these basic resources would help prevent exploitative and dangerous conditions. Despite this reality, a rhetoric of protection is used to increase punishment of sex workers, drug users, and poor people more generally. Punitive law enforcement responses are cloaked in a language of rescuing victims. Public pressure to protect victims of violence creates misguided support for policies that harm the most vulnerable people in the sex trade, including homeless people who sell or trade sex. In particular, anti-trafficking legislation has historically resulted in more policing of immigrants and sex workers. Police enforcement of laws meant to target traffickers more often targets poor people who sell or trade sex, especially transgender women and women of color who are without stable housing. Furthermore, by focusing narrowly on violent individuals, these laws ignore systems of violence. Housing deprivation, mass incarceration, and corporate labor exploitation disproportionately harm the poorest people in the sex trade. How anti-trafficking legislation can cause poverty and vulnerability to violence. Legislation meant to quote-unquote protect victims has instead ended up causing more poverty and vulnerability. Recent examples include the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, FOSTA, and Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act, SESTA. The federal legislation criminalizing and impeding sex workers' online communications. Many policymakers who supported these laws expressed their intention to quote-unquote rescue trafficking victims by banning online advertisements, but sex worker activists, trafficking survivors, and allies explained that this will instead push sex workers into more dangerous conditions on the street. 
the criminalization of prostitution along with new anti-trafficking legislation and enforcement disproportionately target the most impoverished group of people in the sex trade. Shutting down online platforms takes away sex workers' autonomy and reduces sex workers' ability to screen clients and make sure they haven't committed violence in the past. Sex workers without housing are especially especially vulnerable to violence because they often work in less predictable environments and don't have the resources to adequately screen and select safe clients. Taking away online platforms threatens indoor sex workers' livelihood and pushes sex workers into more dangerous conditions on the street. Police officers' unions, business improvement districts, sheriff's associations, and other groups whose financial interests are tied to the criminalization of poverty have lobbied for punitive policies regulating sex work, homelessness, and drug use, and against activists' activists' efforts to pass legislation that would decriminalize homelessness, sex work, or drug use. These groups have pushed lawmakers to invest in policing, a response that strengthens the central role of incarceration in the U.S. economy. Fighting back. Grassroots organizations are fighting back against harmful laws and investments, and this has resulted in some important gains in the past few years. For example, in 2013, sex worker activists succeeded in changing local legislation to decriminalize possession of condoms in San Francisco. Before the passage of this law, SFPD could confiscate condoms and use them as evidence of intent to commit a crime. Oh my God is right. This practice targeted transgender women and street-based sex workers. Now that San Francisco police officers are no longer allowed to confiscate condoms, communities have more protection against HIV and other sexually transmitted infections. Sex worker activists in California very recently defeated SB 1204, a California Senate bill to amend the definition of pandering uh, in a way that would ban, uh, excuse me, in a way that would, in a way that would ban further, that would further criminalize sex workers, trafficking survivors, and their supporters. This legislation proposed to broaden the definition of pandering, including new sweeping language that threatens sex workers who work in teams for safety and clients of sex workers, as well as the provision of harm reduction-based support services. Sex workers and supporters from dozens of organizations mobilized to Sacramento to defeat the bill. We must oppose funneling more resources into criminalization and punishment. Instead, let's support sex worker activists' push for investment in no-strings-attached resources that allow people to get out of poverty. Housing, health care, harm reduction resources, and access to voluntary, stigma-free care for drug addiction, mental illness, and trauma. Decriminalizing sex work, drug use, and homelessness will help break the cycle of poverty and criminalization that disproportionately targets people of color and queer and trans people. To support sex workers in fighting for real solutions to the problems of poverty and violence, share your time or your money. Allies can join sex worker activists on Saturday, which was that two Saturdays ago, June 2nd at Oscar Grant Plaza uh, for a press conference and protest march beginning at 1 p.m., and you can also still donate to St. James Infirmary, which is an awesome organization, and folks who are listeners of the show. Um, previous years, we've spoken with a couple folks, uh, Jibba Kalamka is one, uh, who have worked, who continue to work at St. James Infirmary. They do a lot of really incredible work there. So please, if you're able to, I know we ask for a lot of donations on the show, and that's because the state's not helping people. So please uh, donate to St. James Infirmary, and you can do so at stjamesinfirmary.org. It's a really awesome organization. They do a lot of great work. They also provide, from time to time, 
um, free help like with name and gender change clinics, legal change. So you can go there and access free legal, free legal help, free legal help, as well as a lot of other um, resources that they have there. And then they also, in the article, for more information, watch an interview with Alexandra Letnik, author of Domestic Minor Sex Trafficking, Beyond Victims and Villains. And they have a link here. It's on YouTube. You can also read a report from the Young Women's Empowerment Project, which is at U rpriceless.org you can also read emmy koyama's article the war on terror and the war on trafficking um eminism.org and also you can read an analysis of transgender sex workers experiences of housing deprivation and police violence at transequality.org and search for that on there as well and they have a few other resources here if you also go to street sheet you can find the article there as well and again the title of this article Criminalizing Sex Work Creates Poverty and Violence was written by Delara Yarbrough. So thanks again to Delara for writing all of this and for Street Sheet for publishing it. <sighs> there is, yes, okay. That's a lot of words and a lot of things to think about. And also just, oh, imagine everyone getting their basic needs met and how by continuing to criminalize people for wanting to get their basic needs met just creates more, uh, more problems. Okay, I'm going to have a little bit of water. Maybe I'll have a lot of water to drink. I think that'll be great. And in the meantime, I'm going to play another song. This is Flock Printer by Buddy Wakefield from the album Run On Anything. And let's see here. And that was suggested by Melissa. So thank you, Melissa, for the suggestion. We'll be playing some music, and then we'll be back after this. Electrostatic action using severe heat to force finely chopped fibers onto patterns of fabric, ultimately resulting in soft touch. When they told you that this was your assignment, you flock printed straight jackets and suits of armor. So I asked if you wanted to trade jobs, because damn, babe, that is poetry. And yeah, these arms fell backwards when you did it, chest outstretched, open to the way you palms up turned me. I knew you'd be good. I just didn't know how good. Even before we met, when the assignment was to draw words with their own literal meanings, I would write out each letter of the word love using winning halves of wishbones, melted crayons, and the toe tips of the great dancers who quit dancing because I don't give up on shit like that. I always knew I'd find you, even before we met, when the assignment was to partner up in ice water and keep our heads above it 
I'd watch boys with girls take the shallow end of the eighth grade like sucker fish, swapping skin-deep aquarium air tubes, trying to make each other shivers fit. We don't swim that way. Never gonna. Flock printer, you have been a long time coming. And the clouds, they've rolled you in slowly. But I ain't mad at the upshot sky. Rain, it's my lucky number. It's the author of release. It taught me monsters are easy to come by. So I went out and found the beast before we met. When the assignment was to incomplete myself with sad songs and recycled insults. When I was spun out, eyes bagged, teeth fist first in lust. And considering Jesus, you were there. You have been the whole journey. And I ain't got nothing against going home to you, flock printer. You look good in your tidal wave. Toe to toe with the mean blue moon. Head raised up like a lighthouse. You are buttercups spraying out the mouths of doves. Fireworks stuck in the air. You're a freestanding landing pad held together by choir claps. You're a god not afraid to walk with the savior who ride monkeys around on their backs, kicking up mercury, spreading upward openly, carrying breath. Well, you're an 18-string guitar, heart sparking off roots, dancing out of the river's edge. You walk like a free country with an affinity for thick skin. You live humming to the tune of let loose like a railway, banging through the middle of Novocaine. An open-winded, underwater, fire escape, flock printer. You have, now are, and always will be my reflection of individuality, carried out by the acoustic drift of a snowflake living with a fingerprint and I am rumble motion jawbone waterlogged with ink spots smiling ear to ear armed with backbone and busted zoo gates promising you from the bottom of my harmonica pocket forever you will never have another lonely holiday even now, where the assignment is to live without a destination, I end up with you and the rain released both flock printing stars between me and the beast. Yeah, you still don't know you're amazing.
You still don't know you're amazing. You still don't know you're amazing. You still don't know you're amazing. For the things you see. For the things you see. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you, Melissa, for that awesome suggestion. Again, that was Flock Printer by Buddy Wakefield. Okay, coming up, we're rounding out the show in a little bit. Coming up next will be Women's Magazine with Global Val, followed by the Common Thread Collective with Diamond Dave and Global Val. And I believe it's uh, Diamond Dave is heading off to the Rainbow Gathering this summer, so I think it's his goodbye show for the summer. And Common Thread Collective will be doing live shows every uh, just twice a month coming up in July, but please do stick around, listen, come by if you're able. There's always just a lot of interesting and talented folks here, something to say, and listen, keep on listening in. You can also check out the archives. And a big thank you also to Val. I know a lot of folks have um, mixed opinions about elections and whatnot. Val did a really awesome job with bringing in so many different candidates uh, this previous election. So just sitting in the studio, our current mayor, she was uh, she was here. So big thank you to, and as well as many other candidates were here as well, and other from different, from the mayor's race and other different, uh, different positions. Yeah. So big thank you to Val for doing that and for the Common Thread Collective, just bringing in a lot of life to the studio. And big, also big thank you to Pam for doing so much here to keep us afloat here at the studio. If you would like to rent the space... Um, you totally can. It's an awesome space. You get a live broadcast. You have the MP3 that's saved. You can do a live show here with an audience. You can charge every month at the door. It's about 100 bucks for a two-hour rental space on a Saturday night. So please do contact us. Go to mutinyradio.fm. If one night uh, randomly is not enough for you and you'd like to have a podcast of your own, like this one, which could be totally different, which would be great, uh, anything you want. Uh, please contact Pam as well. Just, uh, you get trained here. It's a very quick process. You pay your monthly dues and then you get a show. You get two hours a week to do any kind of programming you want. We have the equipment here. If you want to play music, CDs, records, we don't have a tape deck at the moment. Um, maybe you can bring one in. We can connect it. You can play off your computer. Uh, so yeah, we've got the soundboard here. We've got the microphones, you can have conversations with people. It's really open. And again, I'm so appreciative to be a part of the station here. And thank you again all so much for listening. I really, I appreciate it. It's an interesting medium here because I'm talking a lot and uh, very rarely get feedback. Glad that Gail calls in. Uh, folks will comment afterwards, sometimes online. A couple, occasionally there's people here in the studio and that's great. And I appreciate having guests on the show and having conversations. And at the same time, it can feel a little bit isolating. So I do appreciate the folks. Let me know what you think. If you have suggestions, comments, if you think of people who would like to be on the show, please do feel free to connect us. The more voices, the better. And as Diamond Dave would say, uh, we can do more together than we can on our own. And I really try to remember that. And it's true. We can do more together than we can on our own. Coming up, I'm going to read a couple of upcoming events here that were listed in Street Sheet as well. It's a social justice calendar. Um, coming up, uh, what day is today? Today is the 15th. So the next, June 18th. Um, Encuentra tu poder un taller gratuito para trabajador a es sexuales. I promise that I've I've studied Spanish. Just my pronunciation's pretty weak. My my apologies. Lo siento. I can say that for sure. Lo siento. I'm sorry. I'm working on it. Uh, where? So June 18th at St. James St. James Infirmary, 234 Eddy Street. Uh, what? Describa tu poder es un taller 
gratuito de cuatro semanas en español para personas que han trabajado o están tra trabajando en el trabajo sexual. El taller, taller se efectuará en desarrollando una práctica de autocuidado y el amor propio. Ven y descubra habilidades que ayuden en que usted se sienta más segura en este clima político. Uh, access para más información I'm Oh, um, 415-857-2859-41. Say, I'm not going to do, I'm really, okay. My apologies. And, uh, learning. I'm also just not going to waste your time with me reading numbers in Spanish very slowly and incorrectly. Um, so that's happening on the 18th. There's not a time here that's listed, but again, if you go to, Street sheet, you can find that information there. And again, St. James does a lot of really great work. And something else I was wanted to mention during the last article too, is that if you're interested in hearing more about uh, sex work, especially from the perspective of folks who have done sex work, please listen to the episode of Weekly Review from June 1st. And I spoke with Lila Davina and uh, Lila's written a book about uh, self-care for sex workers. And we had a really great extensive conversation. We talked a little bit about FOSTA-SESTA and also just about what folks go through. And so, um, yeah, so if you want to listen, please do check it out at Weekly Review. No, not Weekly Review. Check it out at, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit tired. MutinyRadio.fm. And then check out the archives of Weekly Review. And on the 1st, June 1st. And... Next up. Okay, June 22nd. Busting out 13, party against the prison industrial complex. Where at El Rio, 3158 Mission Street at 7 p.m. Join us for the 13th annual Trans March After Party fundraiser for TGI Justice Project, TGIJP. Um, access. It's 13 to $33. We welcome people with disabilities, our entrance, and most of the club is wheelchair accessible, including the back deck, but not the yard. Our bathrooms are not wheelchair accessible and do not have, we do not have grab bars and would not be accessible without assistance. Hmm. Our back patio is now smoke-free, but we are unfortunately not a fragrance-free space. So again, if you're able, please do check out that event. They do a lot of fundraising for TGIJP, which is an awesome organization. On June 22nd, um, the Trans March 2018, where Mission Dolores Park at 11 a.m. What our rights and existence have been more intensely under attack since the election, so it's even more critical that we gather this year to fight back, resist, celebrate, and create community. Let's make this a huge showing of how powerful and incredible we are. Access there's a 45 minute march, access information not currently public, and then on June 23rd. The 26th Annual Dyke March from 5 to 8 p.m. For more info, they have a Facebook invite. Uh, what? The San Francisco Dyke March is a call to action. Marching reminds us that complacency is not an option. We cannot be divided. We must raise our voices. Access. We will also have trained counselors at the Emotional Security Tent who are also dykes who will 
be available for your needs. Cool. And thanks again to Street Sheet and everyone at the Coalition on Homelessness for creating this and providing this info. All right. It's 146. I think it's about time to wrap up the show. So, uh, again, support Mutiny Radio. I'm going to read the blah, the GoFundMe. <laughs> blah, that's a great... That's, a, that's why we stop the show at two hours. One of the many reasons. Uh, when I run out of ways to speak, please do support the station. And you can go to mutinyradio.fm. You can listen to all the other shows here as well. It's really great um, to do that. And you can also raise money donate to the fundraiser again we're trying to raise three thousand dollars we're at 1480 so please five ten bucks if you're able one or two bucks also if you're able to help with the show in particular patreon.com forward slash weekly rev money for gail hey let's all support each other instead of supporting big businesses and people with wealth that is something that we can do lots of ways to help and donate cool so i'm gonna end on a couple songs that folks recommended and the first one, I, uh, Nicki Minaj uh, featuring Rihanna, which is Fly, which was requested by Kyle. And then Strong in the Real Way from Steven Universe, recommended by Justin. So thanks, Kyle and Justin, and all the folks for recommending your music. Thank you to the folks for making the music. Thank you for you for listening. Thank you for people for creating a world uh, that's worth fighting for. And for all the folks who are not here with us anymore who did what they could so we could all be here today. Cool. All right. Have a lovely week, everyone, and we'll be back next week. Take care.
not a line. I am not a girl that could ever be defined. I am not fly. I am levitation. I represent an entire generation. I hear the criticism loud and clear. That is how I know that the time is near. See, we become alive in a time of fear. And I ain't got time to fear. Cry my eyes out for days upon days. Such a heavy burden placed upon me. But when you go hard, your nays become yays. Yankee Stadium with Jays and Kanye. Aside from in a literal sense, don't you know that a power that big comes with a bigger expense? And can't you see that she's out of control and overzealous? I'm telling you for your own good and not because I'm... I could show you how to be strong in the real way, and I know that we can be strong in the real way. And I want to inspire you. I want to be your rock. And when I talk, it lights a fire in you.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. 
You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in 